0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening to you, wherever you're watching this. We're blessed that you are. Thank you for wanting to hear God's Word and be part of what God's doing right here in our church. For many of you, this is a little bit of a different experience as it is for me. As you well know, we are in a nation that is uh, trying to practice a lot of due diligence and an abundance of caution so we don't spread a coronavirus around from place to place and so we want to participate that and do our part to make sure that our, not only our senior population, but all of our population, that the spread of disease is mitigated and that hopefully we'll get by this thing. It's a bump in the road and move forward. Many of you are aware of the fact our president has called this Sunday as a day of prayer. I just was a couple of hours ago listening to Ben Carson. Who is referring to how strong it is and what a good thing it is for a nation regardless of your faith, interpretation and values to be people of prayer on the ideals of the things that our nation's founders looked upon for strength from God. And so I would like to start off today with the word of prayer for all those that we have dealing with a situation that may impede them in the workplace as we have some different things, unique things to deal with here. And that God would even use this, even in your lives, in your workplace, your schools and universities, to touch people for Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, right now, we thank you that your word tells us that you're our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And God, we thank you you equipped us with minds that have reason, intellect, knowledge, your holy word, so we can make good decisions. And God on this particular Sunday, as we're not able to gather together in this place as your children, as your church. I pray, God, for all of our members that are watching and those that are not members that are watching today, you would use your word to bless them. I pray for the safety of so many people, God, as we come before you humbly. You tell us in your word to be still and know that I am God. And Lord, we will rest in you Thank you for the assurance from your word that as we come before you as a nation, as we seek to heal from the inside out, God, confess our sins, come before you humbly, that this would be exactly just one of those wake-up calls for us to do some things that is pointed out already just regarding preparedness. And I thank you, God, for leaders in our nation that are calling for prayer, to put down partisanship, and come together to make sure our citizens are protected and protected well. And as many, many people around our nation are practicing that, once again, we pray that you would bless that, that you would make this a flat-line thing. It would come and it would go so we can continue on and function as we have in the past. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again. Glad you are here. We are looking at the life of Joseph, one-third of the book of Genesis, and I believe this is our sixth or seventh week, and I believe in God's providence. If I'm to give a motif for today, is a motif that has to do with Almighty God is always working in our lives. Sometimes Bubba has something to say about that. You would miss it if I didn't talk about it, right? So today's motif for Bubba is, and that's how Bubba avoided going to jail, as you know, out in the country, a lot of folks love to fish, and Bubba was no exception. He was, well, he was fishing on a time when he shouldn't have been fishing. And the game warden had been watching Bubba for a while. And as he was watching him, he noticed that Bubba was leaving and heading toward his truck with a five-gallon bucket. When he came up, he saw a bunch of fish in that five-gallon bucket. And he said, Bubba, I finally got you. Bubba said, oh, what are you talking about? He said, I got you. You're going to jail. You shouldn't be fishing now. And Bubba said, oh, no. These are my pet fish. Your pet fish? Yes, sir. When I dump them in the lake, I let them stay in a little bit. All I have to do is whistle. They come back and jump back in the bucket. Well, the game warden was absolutely amazed at that. He said, are you serious? Think I believe that? He said, you want me to show you? He says, yeah. So Bubba goes down to the lake dumps the fish in the lake, and the game warden says, call the fish back. Whistle. And Bubba says, what fish? And that's how Bubba avoided going to jail. Now, here's the bottom line to all of that. There's some silly things people do to avoid certain things in their lives, and certainly Bubba is not the uh, classic rule for how we're to act. But the bottom line is how we avoid the kinds of things that bring stress and worry into people's lives. Joseph is a classic example. As I said a few moments ago, when you think about today's message, it has to do with Almighty God is always working in our lives. Today we're going to look at Joseph from Genesis chapter 40 as we go into a new chapter. We're going to be looking at a handful of verses today. I'd like you to take a look at that as we pick those up in Genesis chapter 40, verses 1 through 4. It says, Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief uh, cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. And so we see something that's kind of crazy right here. We see people that have a very high position in Egypt coming to a place where they're put in the same prison where Joseph is kept. And it says sometime later... Some time later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king—they offended this king. But what happens? You see, if you're reading along just in your devotional time, it can just look like you're reading to get to the end of the story. But what happens is basically, God is always working in the lives of His people, and He even works in the lives of people who aren't connected to Him. And so we have these very, very significant people that are put into prison. And God, at this time, is right there. Let's look at some of the ways God was there. These are going to come up. You'll be able to go through these. First of all, Joseph is not just in any prison. He's in the king's prison. Verse 20 of chapter 39 tells us that. Joseph was made responsible for all that was done there in that prison. That tells us in verse 22 of chapter 39. The king's cupbearer and baker offend him. That is, they offend the king of Egypt. The cupbearer and the baker are confined in the same prison where Joseph was confined, verse 3 of chapter 40. And the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, verse 4. Now, when you begin to look, and that's just a handful of the things that would look like coincidences to people who don't put their faith and trust in God. But I make the point again, Almighty God is always working in our lives. And so who could know by some people being thrown into the same prison where Joseph coincidentally is, where Joseph has been put in charge of all that takes place in the prison, while these particular people are put under his direct charge in that prison, the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph. That meant he has to take special care to watch over them. And so we see God's hand of mercy already working. It may not look like it, but it is. Now... What's unseeable to men is in plain sight with God. Over the years, people have done lots of things to get better sight. Some of you that collect, um, well, antiques or stamps or coins may use something like this a magnifying glass. This one actually has a light on it. This one's a little bit smaller. If you want to get a little more finer looking at rings, you have this little jeweler's root loop. I brought this 12 karat diamond ring today. I was actually going to give it to someone that was here, but. You know that we're letting you watch this at home, so we'll have to save this for next February 31st. But you can look through this thing, and you can see the little cracks in it, knowing that this really isn't a 12-carat diamond ring. It's a piece of glass. But we had lots of things that we can see and take a closer look at, including things like this, these old eyeglasses, they're about 140 years old, very old eyeglasses here. People have been trying to correct their vision to see clearer for a long time. What is unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. Now, let's look at verse thir- uh, 5 of chapter 40. The Word of God says, each of the two men, you have to get this because this is how we see God work. His providence is incredible. Each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Do you think it's a coincidence that two people who have two different brains, obviously, come up and have the same dream? They're dreaming something that God has put into their head. And God is working. You see, Almighty God is always working in our lives. And it tells us these strange events that happen in people's eyes aren't strange to God. Perhaps you've had some strange events happen in your life. Maybe a coincidental meeting. Maybe you heard a song and it reminded you of something. Maybe some chance thing even happening when a traffic light is changing, and you decide you're going to hold up for a minute. I know I've done that before, and car comes speeding on through. Strange events in people's eyes aren't strange to God. These things aren't strange. God sent these dreams to these two different men, and they had troubling dreams on the same night while under Joseph's watch. God's always Always working in the lives of his people. He has seen Joseph. Joseph has been faithful. Joseph has served him. Joseph has been obedient. And so we can see some incredible things from this. Almighty God orchestrated a divine path to the king of Egypt for Joseph. Begin to look and begin to see in your heart how good God is. He orchestrates this path for Joseph. Now Joseph couldn't know that. Because all he knows is he's in a prison. How Even though he's been given this position of leadership there, he still is confined in prison. Now look at this next passage. It says in Isaiah 55, 9. Look this up. It's a beautiful verse, but I'm going to let you see it right here. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is already in my future and he's in your future also. Whether it's a coronavirus, whether it's some kind of biopsy result, whether it's the classes we should take, whether it's the people we should meet in our job, whatever it is, God is already there because almighty God is working in the lives of his people. And what is unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. See, this was in plain sight to God. God orchestrated that and said, okay, these guys are coming in from the king. I'm going to send them dreams and I'm going to put someone there can interpret those dreams. Only God could do that. Now, human dreams, even those of unbelievers, are under the control of Almighty God. See, sometimes as believers, we can forget that. We think we're just under the control of God or should be under the control of God. And that God watches after his children, and he does. But church I want you to see something. Human dreams, even those of unbelievers, are under the control of Almighty God. This is not the anomaly where we find a couple of people in a pagan government that have this problem with these dreams and trouble them. I want you to look at a couple of other passages. In Genesis 40 verses 6 and 7, when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him, his in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? Note some significant things. Joseph is caring about people, isn't he? Joseph is caring about what's takes place. Joseph was a blesser. He sees them and he says, why are your faces so sad today? How did Joseph know that? He built some relationship with them. He was seeing they were troubled. Joseph cared, and Joseph was kind, and Joseph was a blesser. Even in the midst of confinement. Does it speak to you today? Because in a sense, a lot of people in our world are confined to some places. What are we going to do with it? How do we use that to bless our families or go to our workplace where there's certain rules we'll have to follow for a little while now? How do we do that? How do we be a blesser in confinement. Well, God can lead us that way. Look at people. Why are your faces so sad today? Yesterday they weren't. You're under my care. You had your meals and all that, but something happened. You see, if Joseph didn't ask, how would the next door open up? See, caring for people opens up ministry opportunities. I would dare say, as you listen at home or wherever you are on vacation, I dare say that there's been doors of ministry that you've watched open up because you were kind to someone. Downstairs in our shepherd shelf, we see many people, last year over 50, that made professions of faith because they came in to get what they thought was a temporal thing, some food, and left with something far more valuable. They invited Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. Perhaps in our tutoring ministry, or feeding to 5,000, or in our shepherd shelf, our lilies of the field ministry, our daily ministries with tutoring, go on and on and on, in your personal lives, in your universities, in your schools, caring for people opens up ministry opportunities. So God says, I want my people to commit random acts of kindness and caring so I can open up doors. Joseph cared enough, and they knew he cared enough. And what happens? Who could possibly imagine what God would do with Joseph's acts of kindness? Who could imagine that? Anyone here say if it stopped right there, if the book of Genesis ended right there, what would happen? It's pretty incredible, isn't it? Because, you see, to get to speak to a king... That was just not for anybody. You had to have some kind of a special hearing and be a somebody. How would God get a prisoner, someone that's a prisoner before a king? God can do it. You may be confined in some kind of a way, but God breaks the rules and confinement that are in the, in the, the world that we know. Because what is unseeable to mankind is in plain sight to God. Let's go on. You see, don't underestimate this, particularly with what's going on right now. Sometimes huge opportunities are hidden in small seeds of obedience. And I don't know what that is for you, but it may be that perhaps one of your neighbors that can't get out as much, maybe there's gonna be an act of kindness where you're sharing something, from your home with them during this time. Look for opportunities. They'll be out there. Look for them. You might find some just by bringing over some water or some food or homemade cake or something to be a blessing. Open up a door. But, Pastor, my neighbor's the most adversarial person there is to the gospel. Go be a blessing to them. Allow God to do that. You see, huge opportunities are hidden in small seeds of obedience. All Joseph does, he obeys God. Well, how did Joseph obey God? He was being a blessing. He was blessing these two men all along. And he asked, he cared enough to ask, why are you so sad today? And even this, sometimes suffering is necessary. I, I, don't, I hate to have to write that down and make a point there, but sometimes it is. Why? Look at the rest of this. Because Joseph knew the suffering of confinement didn't he? Not just this time. He knew the suffering confinement in a cistern. He knew the suffering of confinement on a caravan chained along the way. He knew the suffering confinement under a slave in in Potiphar's house. And he knew the suffering confinement in this jail. He knew something about it. And so he developed an empathic heart. Sometimes people have asked, they're in the midst of suffering, why do I have this? What is this all about? How is God going to possibly use this? Well, what is unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. And I'm glad we've done things to improve sight over the years, to make things more plain. I was in probably third or fourth grade before I even knew the moon had texture to it and that you could see individual leaves on a tree. I remember not being able to see the things that were written on the uh, blackboard in school back in the days when they had uh, real slate blackboards, and when I got my glasses for the first time, it opened up a whole new world I didn't even know existed. Now, God has more than some corrective lenses, and we're going to look at a passage in Scripture in a little bit. People... 140 years ago, put these on and thought, wow, it's a new world. I experienced that. But our God has vision from past to future. Look at this next slide, if you would. You see in verse 8 of chapter 40, because Joseph was transparent enough, vulnerable enough, cared enough, was kind enough, we find that these men open up. We both had dreams they answered. First, not a coincidence, is it? On the same night, they both had dreams, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. Hold it right there for just a moment on that passage, because it's important. You see, it tells us that there is no one to interpret them. Pharaoh had magicians and dream interpreters surrounding his throne. And these guys are saying, now we're secluded from that. We don't have anyone to interpret the dreams. We have no one to come and look at this and tell us what these dreams are about. And they're troubling us because we don't know what they're about. They knew there was something different about these dreams because no doubt these men had dreamed before. They had other dreams just like we all do, but these dreams We're troubling dreams. I knew something was unique to that. And they said, we have no one to interpret them. We're lost. How will we know? We're going to stay troubled. So Joseph doesn't stick it to them. Doesn't say, you're right. You're right. Too bad, isn't it? Joseph sees a ministry opportunity because he did show an act of kindness. He did care. And his testimony went before him. And I want you to see what it says. It says, then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. He used it to witness. Do they belong to God? Well, let's see. We can test that. Do they belong to God? Let me know your dream. We'll find out if they do because these men right here, as far as we know, are part of a pagan religion, a pagan society, but Joseph's not. You see, he was confined to prison, but his faith wasn't confined to a prison. His kindness wasn't confined to a prison. Almighty God is always working in our lives. What is unseeable to man is in plain sight to God, period. Look at this next. Okay, very good. Supernatural dreams have been sent by God throughout Scripture. You can read them, look at them. I'm going to give a couple of examples today. See, they agitate, they stir, as well as direct the hearts of various people. Like what? How has God sent dreams? You mean God interacts in in our world in such a way that he has various people, that he puts dreams in their mind and heart, that they dream, they become real, they become troubled, they become agitated? Yes, let's look at some things. In Daniel 2.1, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, his mind was troubled, and he could not sleep Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan and a pagan religion, but he had a dream he could not sleep. So much prophecy, by the way, comes from the book of Daniel, but God sent a dream to a king, And his mind was troubled and he could not sleep. They were so vivid to him that this is some special dream that he couldn't sleep. But God had someone else there that had been obedient to him and did some small acts of kindness and caring and faithfulness. His name is Daniel. Look at the theme through this. You see, Daniel's also in confinement. But Daniel also used his confinement in the Babylonian Empire to be a blessing. And God raised him up. Do you see a theme here? God can raise up people in the midst of what looks like it's impossible. God does the impossible. The unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. And God was working in the heart of the king and in another place. In a New Testament reference, just another person. While Pilate was sitting at the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message. Do not have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. There you go. Another person, this is the Roman government. She has this dream. It doesn't have anything to do with this. She suffered in a dream. So we can look back now and we can find God, well, interacting in human history. God hasn't stopped. He's acting in my life and in your life today. He hasn't stopped. He's still doing the same things that he does. He's not lost power. He's not lost wisdom. God is acting on your behalf and he can use people, whether they're Pilate's wife or Nebuchadnezzar, pagan people, pagan people in the midst of Joseph's confinement to go forward to be an incredible blesser in the lives of people. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, I want you to see, Joseph is bound in prison but God's word and work are not bound. You, and we may get to a point, I don't know what's going to happen on an issue, I pray it's a bump in the road, but there's a lot of confinement taking place now, and it may get more, may get less. In Italy, I know that it's a lot more confinement. What are we going to do with it? But even beyond that, what are you going to do in your confinement? Because we have people right here that have some confinement because of chemotherapy. One of the reasons even... To not go forward where our whole congregation is coming in. Well, a good one is because the government is saying uh, groups of 100 or more, they're recommending not to meet. And so we want to practice due diligence and be part of what can help all of society. But it's not just the elderly. There's people that are younger that have compromised um, immune systems. We don't want to have anything impact them negatively either. Plus, we don't know where people have been when they come through. God does. When they come through and visit with us, we have them every single week. So we practice some due diligence. God expects us to do that. But confinement is not going to dictate who we are. It's not going to define us. Joseph was bound in prison, but God's word and work are not bound. Look for great ways for God can work through this whole thing. I mentioned one. It's a very practical thing in how we treat our neighbors, what we do. Opportunities in the workplace, different things we can say or do. In 2 Timothy 2.8 9, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. This is the Apostle Paul. But God's word is not chained. Don't you love that? If you have to memorize part of any one verse, remember that. God's word is not chained. It's not bound. It goes out. It never returns void. When he's working through you, he's doing that to touch people. There's other cupbearers and and bakers that are out there. There's people out there that need to hear a word and see the reality of what God can do in a life just like he did in Joseph's life. This is not the story of exception to say God did this once and he can't do it again. He does it every single day throughout the day in ways we don't even know. Do you know why? Because what's unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. And your future and your future days, God has already seen the end and he's working for your good in all of that. It's amazing, isn't it? That's the nature of our God. Let's keep looking. It says in verses 9 through 11 of chapter 40. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. Wow. So how would you interpret that if you're sitting there? How would you look at that and interpret that particular dream? What would you say? Well, let's look. First of all, Joseph opened up the door so he would be told this dream. He opened up a door for ministry by listening and obeying God in the midst of his heartache. God Almighty is always working in the lives of people. When you look at verse 12, we're going to see some of the things that we find out from this. Because there's lots of ways you can interpret it. But let's look at how God specifically interpreted it. This is what it means. Joseph doesn't say, I think. God, remember Joseph said, don't interpretations belong to God? Remember he said that? Well, let's look right here. The the three branches are three days. Stop. Stop. He could have said three months, three weeks, three years, three decades. He says specifically they are three days. That's very testable. And the cupbearer knows it. Well, that's pretty testable. Within three days, here's what's going to happen. This is also what is testable. Pharaoh will lift up your head. By the way, lift up your head can mean a couple of things. And we're going to see the dual interpretation for lift up your head. It can mean lift it up for blessing or lift it up for the gallows. But he said, Pharaoh's going to lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you'll be put, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. So Joseph tells him with specificity what's going to happen. Only God could have known what that dream was about. Because you know who sent it? What did you say? That's right. God sent it. That's who sent that dream. God sent it. And God told him that interpretation belongs to him. Now, only God's divine inspiration, remember this? Interpretation belong to God. Only divine inspiration could assure the divine interpretation of the dream. That's all that could do it. There are things happening in our lives, and because we live in such a feeling, touching, have-to-see society, and we all are bound by some of those things, and some of those things are very important. But dear friend, never forget that there are unseeable things in this world that God sees are in plain sight to Him. An Almighty God is always working in our lives, and what it looks like is some innocuous, perchance meeting where a couple of more people get thrown into prison wasn't in the sight of God. Because these two people, something happened at that specific time that caught Pharaoh's attention at that specific time that wondered what was going to happen to these two very important people. The cupbearer who's tasting the food for Pharaoh and the one that prepares it. At the time, Joseph is in there. At the time those two people are in there, they get the dream. At that time, Joseph had been a blessing to them. Only divine inspiration could assure the divine interpretation of the dream. Never forget the supernatural because God works in the supernatural because he is supernatural. That's what he does. And I want you to see this beautiful passage in Isaiah. Never forget this. If you forget the rest of this message, if it all passes you by and you just came back from getting a slice of toast or something to eat and you just walk back in, Look at this passage. It'd be great to memorize this passage. It's found in Isaiah 46.10. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times to what is still to come. Stop right there for a minute. You see, we do the opposite. We look at the beginning and try and predict what will happen in the end. God says, I make known the end from the beginning. I already know it. I already worked it out. I knew how to get Joseph at the exact right time to get to meet Pharaoh, which we'll see in some subsequent messages that will follow in the ensuing weeks. We'll get to see that and look at that and understand that, wow, God did see the whole thing. Look what God orchestrated from the ancient time, what is still to come. So God sees it. He says, I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. Do you think Pharaoh, a cupbearer, a baker, some bars on a jail or a prison, that an imprisonment, that a cistern, that a caravan, that a liar would thwart the plans of God? God says, I'll do what I please. And even though the plan was to kill Joseph, and even though from his brothers, his own family, even though Potiphar's wife was to have him no doubt Probably killed, destroy him. Potiphar could have done it. But God, God is always working. And if his plan is for you, and it is, it means he's always working in your life. He's seen the the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. God's outside the realm of time, and what is unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. All of my future days and all of yours. In the midst of all that's taking place right now, we do see some panic. We see some fear. What better way for the people of God to model what it is to put our faith and trust in him, to still practice due diligence but not forget that God's working even in the midst of all this. Look for those ways. Find those ways. Be a blessing in those ways. The motif here regarding confinement and Joseph being confined is not even coincidental. I didn't plan this message two days ago and said, let's make a motif of confinement. This was done a while back. Look at it. Think about your life, you see. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Joseph foresaw the time, by the way, of the cupbearer's deliverance. He said... You 're going to be released in three days, and listen, as someone that's waited on biopsy results, many of you have some of you waited on results from maybe a class you 've been taking to see if you've passed the class and made an A perhaps. some of you're looking for results. did you get a layoff or you're getting laid off, or is, will that person go out with me, or what will happen at my next visit? We're Wait on, wait and wait, wait on results and Joseph could foresee and gave this beautiful, truthful interpretation from God. You're going to be doing the same thing you used to do all over again. But I want you to understand something from this. Even though he foresaw the cupbearer's deliverance, he didn't see his own deliverance. He didn't see it. God didn't reveal to Joseph yet. He'd revealed something in a dream years before this that his brothers would be bowing down. Even his own parents would be doing that. And that dream hadn't been fulfilled yet. And Joseph hung on to the truth of God's word. He saw the cupbearer's deliverance, but didn't see your own. Maybe you don't see your own today either. Maybe you don't see it. You're saying, "I, I don't even know how to deal with this. God has seen it. He sees the beginning from the end. God has seen it. And because God has seen it and he loves me and he loves you more than we love ourselves... He's got it. God's got whatever is bugging you, whatever confinement you may feel in, God's already got it. Because Almighty God is always working in our lives. And what's unseeable to man is in plain sight to God. I pray today that as you may be sitting there with your family or alone or away someplace, that God has spoken truth into your heart And even though we're not here to have a visible time of response or invitation, you can have one right in your home. And I'm going to ask you right now if you'd simply bow your head and close your eyes, because God's word never returns void. With your head bowed and eyes closed, perhaps you're with your family, you're holding hands, or with friends in a life journey group meeting in some home. I don't know. But I'd ask you a question. Is there something that is troubling your heart? Does all that's taking place right now, is it troubling you? Do you have issues of fear? This is a great time to hand it over to God. There's only one thing the word of God says to fear, and that's him. When we give it to God, God can release us from our fears. And when we get released from our fears, you know what can happen? God can start to use us to be blessers in the small things. It looked like Joseph just did a small little thing. He asked why you look sad today. He cared about people. Go out and care for people from this rather than having the inward focus. Maybe God is telling you to have an outward focus. And I pray that he has revealed that to you. If you're struggling with something that maybe no one else knows, release it to God. He sees what's unseeable to you, dear friend. It's in plain sight to him. And the biggest victory 100 years from now is not whether you keep a job or do you stay in school, whether this happens or that happens. The biggest thing 100 years from now is, did you use it for God? Joseph used his confinement, his negative circumstances for God, and God was watching over him. And I pray that if he's caused you to make a decision in your heart that if you care to even share that today with those around you, or if it's private, that's fine. I'm going to ask you to lift up your head and look here for a moment. Let's use this for God. There are things on a fallen earth, some people and some of the conversations I've had during the week, from some of the people that I see through the community that don't hold our worldview about Jesus and the Bible, asking, why did God let this happen? You have an answer. It's a fallen world, and in a fallen world with sin and illnesses and all kinds of things that take place, that can happen. Now, that's a faster answer. There's lots of answers. You can go online and apologetic sites and find answers, but give an answer to them. Don't be backed in the corner and say, I don't know why God let it happen. Well, let me ask you, why didn't people, when it was first discovered, why didn't they let some people know about it so we can take care of it? You see, we have flu that happens all the time, and maybe even out of some of this heartache we're having now, we should always be practicing good hygiene, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? We should always be practicing that anyway. And so with that, there are many blessings that can come from this if you will look, if you'll find the opportunity to be a blessing. We're still Lawndale Baptist Church. We are here. The church is not this building. The church, the people, Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where the church comes to meet. And if you're meeting out there in different places, you are the church out there. And I pray that as you disseminate through the community to your different jobs and different places that you will be, be that blessing. Let's use this for God. Let's have a closing prayer. Continue to stay online. Look at the different information we'll give you. We're looking for real time. I thought we'd be having a service tomorrow as late as Thursday night. But... God during the night troubled my soul to really think about that, to look at some things. And I got up out of bed that day convinced we need to not have a service on Friday morning. And we made plans while people were still here to let all of you know that we're practicing what we believe is due diligence for the best care of this body and the best care of being good citizens in our nation. So continue to look at that. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching today. I want to thank our crew that came in today. This is Saturday evening, in case you don't know. They came in today at a very uh, short notice to do this. God bless you, those in the cameras, behind the booth, Scott, your whole crew. Give a lot of credit to them. Thank you. Bow for our closing prayer today. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that you take opportunities that other people can't see anything in, and you can turn them in to blessings. And I pray the story of Joseph just impacts our heart. The dynamic of the fact that you, as God Almighty, are always working in our lives. The fact that you see what we don't see, it's in plain sight to you. And bless us with the assurance, God, our business doesn't change good times, hard times, illness, no illness, virus, whatever our mission doesn't change. Go out and be a blesser. Go out and preach and teach the gospel and let people know how good our God is. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Look, look forward to seeing you one way or the other in your home, on the screen, or right here. Stay tuned. We'll give real-time updates throughout the week. Thank you. God bless you.